All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kimmicker and Nathan Britton. It's been an off-season full of mounting anticipation uh, in regards to the 53-man roster. And today, we finally have that finalized roster. A lot of surprises. Some guys who we kind of expected were going to make it kind of work themselves on in preseason. Definitely a lot to talk about, though. So we've got the gang together with you here on a beautiful Saturday night. Jacob, how you doing? Nathan, how you doing, guys? I'm doing good. I'm glad that we have this roster out so that the debate can be mostly over. <laughs> I'm the same, man. I'm excited. It means that the season is officially upon us. Opening day, eight days away. Can't wait. You said uh, season like Susan. I was like, huh. Uh, C- <laughs> Susan, like S-Z-N. Oh, uh, uh, okay. You know, I got Quinn. you. I got Trey Quinn, Susan. Okay. I got yeah. you. Yeah, we're going no vowels here. All right, I'm cool with that. Yeah, uh, the Susan is almost upon us, and uh, glad to have this 53-man roster out because debating is kind of tiring after a while for sure. But I guess, uh, Nathan, I'll start with you. We're just going to kind of give our thoughts because there's definitely a lot to talk about with this. Uh, what uh, What's just your initial takeaways with this roster? I like the roster. I'm excited of the people they kept. There's a couple guys I, I'm really excited they kept. Greg Stroman. Little, towards the end, there was a little bit shaky. Didn't know if he was going to go on. Heard some rumblings that maybe they thought he could get him. They could get him on the practice squad. They decided to keep him. I like that. I like the Danny Johnson. He kind of earned his spot. I know a lot of people. It was kind of expected, but you know there was always that kind of glimmer of hope that JP Holtz would make the roster. Yeah. I didn't see it happening, but I do think he's going to be a practice squad candidate and maybe be one of the first guys called up when injuries start happening throughout the year. So. I do like that they decided to feel confident they could get him on the P squad and, and keep a spot over somebody else. I know everyone's disappointed about the Martrell spate. Me and Jacob were actually talking before you came on, Ian, about how at this point you kind of are what you are, and he never showed enough to really take away a spot from what Sean Dion Hamilton showed this offseason and what they think they have in Josh Harmon Clemens. So, you know, it's a numbers game. It's tough, but it is what it is. And then last one, they released Capri Bibbs, and I think that was a shock to everybody. I think that people kind of thought that it'd be either Byron Marshall, Samaja P. Ryan, or maybe, maybe Rob Kelly. I think they kind of people kind of lumped him in there as a, as a roster lock, and they decided, you know, you know, we don't really need a backup to Chris Thompson. Byron Marshall, we can kind of stash him on IR for a little bit. He's got more big playability, and so they decided to keep their draft pick from last year keep Rob Kelly, which is at this point kind of inexcusable unless he turns it around and go from there. So overall, I like the roster. I think that towards the end of the preseason, we all kind of knew this is what it was going to look like, but it's good to finally have it out and solidified. Yeah, and before before we go to Jacob real quick, just uh, a little note for the uh, Capri Bibbs release and, you know, keeping Byron Marshall. Apparently, I didn't know this until like 10 minutes ago. Apparently, there's like a rule. If you put a player on IR before this coming Monday, they're out for the whole season. But after this coming Monday, if you put them on IR, you can designate them to return at an earlier date. So I think yeah. I think that's why they kept Marshall, because they kind of had to keep him if they didn't want to lose him for the whole season, which it sounds like they think he can return later. So I think that's what they're going to do. And then once Monday hits, put him on IR and get an extra offensive lineman or something. I don't know. Yeah, I saw you tweet about the Monday Raw. I didn't know about that either, so that's, that's good to know. Yeah. I knew that they probably thought they could stash him, have him be the comeback kind of guy, but I did not know about the the Monday rule, so that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, definitely something to think about. Jacob, uh, what are your takeaways? Well, first of all, I actually did know the Monday rule. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so the reasoning behind that rule 
is so that teams, when they're like, you know, when they're making their cutdowns, they don't just throw two guys on injured reserve designated for return just to stash them. Yeah. This sort of makes them send extra guys through waivers, and it kind of makes it equal. And again, it avoids teams being like, oh, this guy's out for potentially two weeks. Might as well just throw him on IR so I don't lose him. That's kind of what the team's doing with Marshall. But like again, they had to release someone else in order to keep him and do that. So it at least levels the playing field a bit. But I like this roster. I mean, it looks, as Nathan said, it looks pretty much how I expected it to look. I'm glad Zach Vigil made it over Martrell Spate. Um, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I don't like Spate's coverage ability and wouldn't want to trust him in a starting role. Vigil, I feel the opposite about. So I could trust Vigil if he had to start. Hopefully he won't have to. But, you know, <laughs> seeing him on the roster is a good thing. I'm pretty happy that Casey Dunn made the roster. He was a... Uh, one of the undrafted free agents from Auburn that I liked, he he actually came to the team after a, uh, I think it was just a camp tryout, and he signed, and he's been a solid technician throughout the offseason, and he still needs to add strength, but, you know, they see something they like there, and he may not, like, remain on the 53-man roster for the whole season or even for a couple days because they may grab another interior offensive lineman off waivers but he's definitely a guy that they're going to try to keep around and maybe stash on the practice squad if he doesn't make the 53 to start week one but i like that move and you know the capri bibs cut i know a lot of people are upset about it but the fact of the matter is they've never kept a backup for chris thompson they have byron marshall and they're going to stash him and the other options to cut rob kelly performed well in the fourth preseason game and jay gruden loves him so he wasn't going to get cut <laughs> and if if the redskins made a decision to cut samaj p ryan and let capri bibbs take his roster spot that would have been completely stupid because p ryan is a very talented back and i know he's had some bubble issues this preseason and a little bit last year, though I still think they're overblown from last year. But fumbling could be coached, and Piran's running style and like ability has looked better this preseason. And they're going to need someone behind Adrian Peterson, because I don't think he's going to be able to be a really solid player the whole season. So I was glad to see they kept Piran. And yeah, no, just a overall solid job with the roster. I didn't think they made any massive mistakes, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think every draft pick made the roster. So everyone, two seventh rounders, Trey Quinn, Greg Stroman, both made the roster. Uh, three undrafted rookies made the roster. You got Casey Dunn, who we mentioned earlier, Cam Sims, wide receiver. Uh, they cut my Brian. boy. Yeah, yeah, my boy, Alabama guy. This is the fifth Alabama guy we've gotten in two years. It's crazy. It's a pipeline. But uh, yeah, Camp Sims shined in preseason. They caught Brian Quick in favor of Sims. So that's a good decision in my mind. Definitely like a pretty obvious decision. I mean, I, I like Quick, but I said to people, I like Quick. I would have chose Sims over Quick just because, you know, the upside he's got. So that was good to see them pick him. And then Danny Johnson, the corner on defense, he... Uh, he made the roster with some solid play. And, you know, a lot of corners flashed. Uh, I know Ranthony Texada had some good plays in Texada or Tejada. I don't know. I'm just going to say it how it's spelled. It is Tejada. It's Tejada. Okay. Ranthony. I know. I know. It's hard. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really painful. I woke up. When I found that out, I really, really entered a new world. <laughs> it's just it's like. It's kind of a shame that he didn't make it because the, the amount of mistakes we made, we could have had a fun little every time someone says Texada, we drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new, it's a new Saturday night game right there. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Um, 
I know it's weird. You, you, I've never seen an X pronounced as an H before. So that that yeah, it's definitely world changing. But he made some plays. Another really impressive name, uh, Prince Charles Iwara. He didn't make it either. He had some good plays in preseason though. Uh, Danny Johnson. I think the thing that set him apart is he produced all off season. Like since July, we've been hearing how he's turning heads. You know, with his play and everything. Uh, he's been really consistent, so that was good for him to make the roster. So I'm happy with those guys for sure. Uh, and Johnson in particular, I really liked him coming out. I was like, you know, maybe this guy's got a chance. And, you know, him and Cam Sims really showed out. And Casey Dunn was kind of the under-the-radar guy. I'm still not sold on our interior depth, though. I don't know. Yeah, I like I said before, before you came on, me and Jacob were talking. And one of the things that I think went into the Cam Sims over Brian Quick deal was the injury concern for Maurice Harris I think that they didn't had he not been able to go for week one or whatever maybe longer than that do that concussion I think that we might be talking about losing Cam Sims rather than celebrating keeping him because you know Cam Sims is a guy that you know maybe towards the end of the year maybe they get super super thin and they they like what he's doing in practice stuff he sees some snaps but for the most part you're not really going to see him on the field where I feel like they're more comfortable putting a guy like Brian Quick who's got that experience out there should someone go down, should Maurice Harris not be able to play. So I saw uh, J.P. Finley tweet out earlier that sources had told him that Maurice Harris is good to go for week one. So I think that was the biggest factor when it came down to cut day for Cam Sims over Brian Quick was his health. But going back to what you said about Danny Johnson, yeah, I mean, he's earned it. He's one of those guys that I think – if any, if anybody, it's him and Cam Sims as uh, uh, the Cinderella, as I like to say. Last year was Mac Brown, who should be the 53rd guy on the roster. Both of those guys really impressed everybody throughout the offseason. I mean, you know, Danny Johnson showed it, I think, a little bit before Cam Sims. Cam Sims kind of really came alive in that first preseason game, but we had been hearing stuff out of camp from Danny Johnson. So it's good to see both of them coming in because it's the name of the game is being youthful, quick, fast, and having talent. So have those two young guys to, to keep on your 53 develop and maybe they turn into serviceable guys who are in a rotation or maybe even become stars for you down the road it's awesome because you it, you'd hate to lose one of those guys and have him go and have a fantastic career somewhere else knowing that you chose to keep pete robertson or Fonte Diggs over them so i like what they're doing i like that they're going young i like that they can recognize the talent they have and they're they're you know maybe Maybe losing some guys like Capri Bibbs and Marshall Spate, but they're keeping the higher upside guys. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that. And the fact that they were able to go with that youth movement in this in the receiving core, particularly where Paul Richardson, I think, is the oldest receiver at 26, that's an encouraging sign. And, you know, moving forward, they're going to have a chance to really develop these guys and create a strong unit. Of course, that's all potential-based, so we'll see where that ends up. Um, I think... One of, the, one of the cuts that I was kind of surprised, not surprised by, I guess, but kind of like I was hoping he wouldn't get cut, was J.P. Holtz, the tight end fullback hybrid. And I know that Gruden doesn't really use a fullback, but just the fact of the matter is Holtz was doing well blocking for P. Ryan and Peterson and, you know, some of the other backs too. And he was opening up holes. So I was hoping that Gruden would have a change of heart and keep a lead blocker or you know, maybe go out and grab one in free agency at some point. But um, I think the fact that they released Holtz kind of just signifies that Gruden still doesn't value that half, or not full, halfback, fullback <laughs> in the offense to block, which I guess makes sense in some ways. But in other ways, it's kind of like you had a solid candidate on your roster. So 
why cut him, but he, he's probably a guy who lands on the practice squad and could get called up, like you said earlier, Nathan. Yeah, if I could jump in on that before you go, Ian. Um, like, yeah, I think J.P. Holtz ends up on the practice squad, and Vegas released the little player props that they do every year, and they have Jordan Reed at the over-under at 10.5. There's feeling there that he's going to miss time because that's just what he does, and <laughs> I'm going to probably take the under on the 10.5 if I had to pick because I just – he, he's shown that he can't stay healthy. He was out all all uh, preseason. He, he's looking good, apparently, but, you know, you know, looking good in drills while the whistle blows as soon as uh, a guy wraps you up and going out there and getting hit by these guys flying around is way different. So I do think we see J.P. Holtz on the roster at some point this year, and I hope that he really kind of just elevates the run game kind of guy. So if J.P. Holtz comes in there, maybe their team average goes from, like, three and a half to four or something like that, that might kind of make him go, oh, you know, and then we have a, you know, if it's not J.P. Holtz next year, maybe it's a true fullback. But I do think we see him this year. Yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, He he shined in, I think it was game two or game three or whatever game Peterson shined or whatever game Peterson really stood out in. Holtz was the lead blocker and he was really solid. Like he, he didn't really have any bad reps and so it was kind of surprising to me because uh, this morning I, I wrote an article saying Holtz had earned a roster spot with his performance and, you know, kind of because he carved out that unique role for himself. But, you know, it is what it is. And like you said, it's definitely subject to change. Everything is subject to change. You know, they, they say it's the official 53-man roster, but, you know, it, it's it's always in flux and we're, we're just going to see what happens. Uh, Jacob, I, I it's on my mind. Looking at this roster, are there any areas that you're kind of worried about? Any th- places where there might be considerable weakness? There are two that stand out to me. One is the corner group, and it's not that they don't have talent. It's that they don't have proven talent yeah. and guys that will definitively be able to lock down the number two and slot corner roles. So that's something to watch. I don't think they're going to add outside help there. Uh, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Actually, I lied. It's going to be three. Uh, safety, backup safety is another place where they should look for outside help because the Shazer Everett and Troy Apke, just both of them didn't really get the job done. So uh, I think with that extra roster spot that's going to come when they put Marshall on IR, uh, grabbing an extra safety just to help out there and help out in coverage might be a good idea. I know the Tampa Bay Bucks released Keith Tandy, who's a guy I like. He could be a good backup, so he's one to keep an eye on. And then you mentioned this earlier, the interior offensive line. As much as I like Casey Dunn, if any of those guys goes down, it could be a problem area. So that's another area that they're going to probably look to add some pieces. And guys to keep an eye on are former 49ers guard Jonathan Cooper and former Ravens fourth-round pick Nico Siragusa. Uh, Both of those guys are available and could be claimed on waivers by the team, and I think they'll strongly consider doing that. But those are my like three positions that I'm really worried about at the moment. Yeah, what about you, Nathan? Um, I agree with the corner point that you don't have a lot of proven talent. I think that we kind of saw flashes of what Greg Shum and Adonis Alexander could do. We saw what Danny Johnson could do. They're all very raw, though. I mean, you can't really – if one of those guys comes starting as your two or your slot this year, you're – you're nervous because they're going to get beat a lot. But I think Quentin Dunbar has shown that he's capable, and I think that he'll be fine. I don't know if he's going to go be 
you know, the ant, the long-term answer there. If he's kind of just like, well, we tried it. Let's keep him as like kind of that rotational piece or not. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but I'm also worried about the offensive line. I mean, let me scroll to it here. You got, you know, you got your guys from last year, Trent Williams, Chase Roulier, Brad Sheriff, Morgan Moses, Sean Lovell, Ty Nsecki. Now, Sean Lovell, he's great at uh, run block. We've seen that. He's kind of doing good with the run blocking in the preseason when he's healthy. But is he going to stay healthy? Probably not. So that's that's worrisome. Trent Williams, is he's going to fight through, play through anything he has. But has he ever really, the past few years, finished a season 100% healthy? So you have to worry about if he goes down. He is, I think he's 30 now, maybe 29, about to turn 30. So He's getting up there in age to where they're going to want to keep him. If he's getting hurt, they're not going to want to keep going through it so they can extend as long as they can with him. Ty Nsecki, uh, a guy who kind of struggled a little bit last year when he was thrown in there. Um, you know, he's not really, you know, there was talk that maybe he moves to guard. I think they like him at, uh, they like him at a backup to Trent Williams. So uh, Morgan Moe is another guy who gets nicked up a lot. So when you look at that, you look at your backups. You have Garyon Christian Sr., who I think we all saw. What he's he's not ready yet. Uh, Casey Dunn, who I think we all like, and Tony Bergstrom. You're not confident that if one of your main guys goes down for an extended period of time, you're kind of you kind of sc- uh, sweating and scratching the back of your neck, kind of figure out what you're going to do. So I'm a little bit worried about that. You just have to hope for health uh, at a position where people get nicked up all the time. So those are my t- big two. Uh, I know Jacob, you mentioned the safety depth. I'm not too worried about it. I think you know. DJ Swearinger, I think he's going to be good, barring some kind of freak injury. Monte Nicholson, people like to say, oh, he can't stay healthy. He was a rookie last year. I don't think we can sit there and lump him into that he can't stay healthy thing yet. He had a bad concussion and then kind of wasn't the same. But, you know, I, I think we need to give him this year before we go ahead and lump him with the constantly injured tag. And then DeShay Jarvis shined in uh, limited usage and kind of special teams guys. So if he has to go out there for – a little while, I think you're fine because there's going to be guys available, veterans available throughout the season, kind of like a Bibbs and Adrian Peterson, kind of like late into the year. So we'll see. But overall, I, those corner offensive line are kind of my two worry points. Yeah, the thing with safety is I don't want to, I don't want to fish out another Dante Whitner from the free agent pool midseason. But I, I like our depth there too. I, I, I'm not in love with it. But Everett has experience, and Apke, you know, he definitely needs work right now. So he's the one I'm least confident with. But I think that doesn't worry me so much as I'm actually a little bit worried about our edge rushers because we got Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith, and then behind them we have Pernell McPhee, who's a guy who can set the edge well, and then Ryan Anderson, who is a complete unknown at this point. Like he did nothing last season, and. You know, he, he did a little bit this in preseason, but, he, you know, he wasn't dominating. He wasn't even, not even really close to dominating. So it's like, I don't know what to expect from that group. And I know having McPhee as kind of a mentor, a guy who is in a similar mold, it's, it might have helped Anderson develop, might have, you know, made him change his skill set for the better. Maybe he can be an edge setter like McPhee. But um, I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Kerrigan and Smith to, generate that edge presence on pass rushing downs and you know I don't know I'm not I don't know if I know Kerrigan you know he's he's all reliable and Smith is really good at doing that same thing but they're gonna get worn out and so I don't know if they'll be able to shoulder all that for full 16 games but I guess we'll see um 
the offensive line is also a concern. And you talked about uh, Ty and Seiki, who's kind of a, you know, he's a suitable backup for Trent Williams, but he's 34 years old. It's like, how much longer are we going to expect this guy to keep coming in and playing at a decent level for a backup? So uh, I think the guys that we're usually confident in as our solid death players, they're not, they might not be that anymore. And Bergstrom, I'm okay with. I think, you know, he's versatile. He's got experience. So that that's something. Done, definitely an unknown, but he's shown promise. The team... Like you said, Jacob, with uh, Nico Siragusa, and I know he's coming off a major knee injury, a lot of ligament damage there, but it, you know the Redskins are going to have to be looking to the waiver wire in the next couple of days because they definitely need they definitely need to try something out there. They can't just sit with what they have. I feel like. Yeah, especially with the fact that they have an open roster spot. Once they put Byron Marshall on IR and designate him for return. Yeah. I think because of the class of offensive line that might be out there on the interior and the fact that they could be better than what the Redskins have, it's just, it's worth a shot. And they might get a chance at one of them because they'll be 13th in the waiver order. Um, I'd say that I would rather have Siragusa than Cooper, even though Siragusa is less proven than Cooper at this point because. Syracuse has some potential if he can come back healthy. Not going to lie, I'd be worried about that coming back from that injury. But, uh, you know, I I would like to see them go after one of those guys. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I imagine they'll put in a waiver claim for somebody, though, because they have the option to do that. Yeah, I definitely hope they do. I'm not confident with the offensive line depth. And that was something that was definitely an issue last year. I mean, you look at how the line performed when we had to put Catalina and Callis on the, you know, out there on the squad. And uh, I think Demetrius Rainey played a little bit, but it wasn't pretty. And uh, this year, you know, Adrian Peterson, with his concerns at 33 years old, he's going to need to, you know, he's going to need some space for himself. And he's going to need to, you know, we're going we're gonna to need to try and keep him as polished as we can. And, you know, I'm not confident if we got backups in there, it's going to do the trick. So health is definitely a concern because if you don't have health, then those guys are in the game. And, you know, we saw how that impacted the offense last season. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious what you guys think about this. What what do you think the strongest position group on this 53-man roster is? Huh. Nathan, you go first with this one. All right. Uh I think the defensive line, honestly. I think we know what John Allen can do. We saw it preseason. We saw it last year. He's going to be impactful in the run, going to get to the po- help create interior pressure, collapse that pocket. Uh, we saw a little bit of Deron- what Deron Payne can do. I mean, when he's on, he's on. He's going to, again, help collapse that pocket, get back there, and, and create ruckus, help stop that run, really let that, the linebacking core get up in there and do what they do. Matt Ioannidis turned himself into a great pass rusher last year in addition to being able to kind of set the edge a little bit and help limit that that run ability and we saw what tim settle can do and tim settle really i think excelled better than anyone i thought he would uh being a fifth round pick and kind of a guy who nobody really knew and he's still raw he's still got a little bit of time to develop so i think you look at just those four those younger four and i think you're 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 pretty confident in that you have anthony lanier who's still developing but turned himself into an effect uh a effective pass rusher at times you know he's not going to go out there and get you double digit sacks or if he he finds his way into a starting spot due to injury i don't think 
I think you're going to still sign with someone and hopefully try to keep him out of the starter and keep him in a rotation. You have Ziggy Hood, who's been around a while, who's good, not great, but to have that veteran presence and the guy who knows it and can help mentor these young guys, I really think that that's the position that, or that's the position group that really is going to shine for the Redskins this year if they all stay healthy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's honestly the defensive line. I mean, you can make, you can make. I think the Redskins have a lot of decent position groups, like not a ton of great ones. I think the defensive line is the defensive line could honestly be great this year because you got Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis. Those are three, and then Anthony Lanier. Those are four starting caliber players right there, and. You know, uh, Tim Settle's been doing great, got the athleticism, and then Ziggy Hood is solid depth. And, you know, you still got Stacy McGee on the pup list waiting to come back. So once he comes back, that's another solid rotational guy in there. So definitely, I think that's the strongest position. You can make a case for quarterback with Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, who McCoy is one of the better backups in the nation, but uh, it's it's quarterback. <laughs> it's it, That's kind of a it's a smaller position group so I, I think defensive line definitely takes the cake here but I don't know I, I'm excited to see this defensive line because it's always been the weakness of this team and now all of a sudden it's uh, it might be our strongest unit so that'll be very yeah. exciting for me to see uh Jacob you had the suggestion so we'll close out we're kind of getting thin on time one player each of you uh give one player that you want on the practice squad. Jacob, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mentioned J.P. Holtz earlier, so I'm going to cop out and say I already have said him, so I'm going to go <laughs> with another guy. I would like to see Pete Robertson get back to the practice squad again because like you referenced earlier, Ian, that edge rush group isn't particularly deep. Robertson has some athletic ability. You know, He flashed a little in the preseason and in camp. He had a sack against the Ravens. And he's a good special teams player, so I'm hoping he makes it back to them. I'm hoping they keep him, and, you know, maybe eventually or even early in the season they'll call him up and have a role for him on the squad. So he's definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on and a guy who I thought possibly could have made the roster, but I'm happy to have him on the practice squad if not. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? For me, uh, yeah, like we said, we've already said J.P. Holtz. We talked about him a lot. So I'm going to go with wide receiver Simi Cobbs. It's a guy I really, really liked. He didn't show a lot, and I, I get why it wasn't really even consideration for him to make the 53, but he's a, another guy who's 6'3". When he got his chances, he did decently uh, during the preseason. I think, you know, you get him on the practice squad and you can develop a little bit. You know, time's running out for Josh Doxon to show he can really be a number one receiver in this league consistently. Um, Maurice Harris, he's, you know, he's a good story, but again, a guy who was on the practice squad last year, uh, I don't know if he was drafted or not, but if it was, it was towards the end of the draft. So you have that. Jameson Crowder, contract year, might not be bad. Paul Richardson Jr., you're not going to have on the field for you know every play because he's kind of a smaller guy. You might you know, Injury concerns might creep in there. And then you have Cam Sims, Trey Crout, yeah, Cam Sims and Trey Quinn, who you're trying to really figure out what they're going to do. But again, those guys are not going to make an impact this year. So I think the more talent you can get on the practice squad for that position group, the better because, it, I mean, we look at it this year could look completely different next year. So that's who I want on the squad. Yeah, all good points. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball, uh, going to the safety depth again. I think uh, we, we could definitely improve there. And I think 
you know, like I said earlier, Everett's a solid, not solid, he's a decent backup. Apke has the potential to be a decent backup this year. But they're going to want to keep an like a guy with some experience under his belt on the practice squad. I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Fish Smithson out of Kansas. I was a big fan of his last year. I was very excited to see that we got him as an undrafted free agent. He didn't really do much. You know, he stayed on the practice squad for most of the season. I think... You know, I don't think people, I don't think he'll get claimed on waivers. People always say, oh, he's good, he's going to get claimed, and then they don't because teams kind of prefer their own. So I think it's, I think Smithson will kind of slide past and we'll be able to stash him on there and, you know, as kind of added insurance. So I think. How much is his uncle paying you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought is, he was the best cover safety in the league. He's the, yeah, <laughs> dude, he is the gem. No one's talking about him. You know, he's, he's no, our I own like, secret. I like Smithson too. I hope he makes it back. Yeah, I, I like him, you know. I'm not as high on him as some people, but um, I, I do, I really like him. I think he has good instincts, and, you know, he's a little limited athletically, but uh, having him as that insurance there uh, will be good. I'll pick up my check in the morning. Thanks, Smithson's uh, <laughs> uncle. No, I'm just kidding, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, those three players that we mentioned, I think they all... They should all uh, go on the practice squad. I think it's important to kind of lock down the young players that you like. And luckily for the Redskins, they have a they have a wide allotment of players to choose from after this preseason. So we'll see what happens, though. Uh, unfortunately, guys, we are out of time. If you want to read more about who might go on the practice squad, Jacob's got an article up there on Rigos for you. And uh, we're going to have new stuff on the 53-man roster up tomorrow. And regular season starting. We'll have podcasts up on that as well. We're going to keep you in the loop. As always, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Peace out. Have a good night.